0: Chapter Seven of the Friendship of Anne, a story by Ellen Douglas DeLand. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The following day, Anne Talbot received a second anonymous letter. It was written in the same print-like hand as the first, which was evidently a disguised hand. The paper and envelope were the same but the postmark this time was kingsbridge and its contents were a little longer this is what it said there is a member of the kqc who ought not to belong i have told you this before but i did not tell you then that there is a mystery about her and a disgrace i will not tell you now what that disgrace is but i warn you that she must be put out or i will resign and tell the reason she is not a person to have in a ladies club this was certainly a very startling communication for the president of a club to receive anne's feelings were a mixture of indignation contempt and curiosity she was an impulsive girl loving and loyal to a degree but like everyone else in this world she occasionally made a mistake her judgment was not always to be depended upon in this case she already decided that sydney was the author of the first anonymous note and having allowed that decision to establish itself very firmly in her mind it was easy enough when the second letter came to believe that sydney had written this one also she was so sure of this that she almost succeeded in convincing ruth and dolly also i know she wrote them she said when the three were walking arm in arm about the grounds at recess discussing the matter so intently that they were noticed by more than one of the girls. Sydney has something on her mind for some time. She is trying to tell me several times, and I have shut her right up. There was nothing for her to do but write these letters. She means Bertha Macy, of course. Well, I am just going to speak my mind out plainly this afternoon at the meeting, she ought not to write such things but anne i think you are a little hard on sydney said dolly "Fearing, you see yourself that she has wanted to speak to you about it and you wouldn't let her what else could she do dolly the idea of your standing up for her she oughtn't to do anything there is no need for her to tell us about any disgrace i suppose she means disgrace in bertha's family for of course there is nothing a girl could have done herself and what difference does it make whether there is disgrace in a person's family if the girl herself behaves all right in school and in connection with the club i am sure i don't care anything about her family or what they may have done and i know you don't either i am disappointed in sydney i really am but Anne, we don't know for certain that it is sydney of course it is who else could have written about bertha but we don't know that the person means bertha why of course it is bertha who else could it be this seemed unanswerable and as anne was a girl who spoke with much vehemence and decision her remarks were apt to be convincing in spite of their calmer natures and less hasty utterances ruth and dolly felt less sure than at first that anne might be mistaken it really seemed very possible, not to say probable, that Sidney had written the two notes. There was to be a meeting of the KQC that very afternoon. As the warm weather still continued, it was to be held in the arbor. The arbor was a rustic summer house at the entrance to the woods behind the schoolhouse. It was quite large and of a circular shape a seat extended around its entire circumference on this the members took their places and at the appointed hour there was a rough board table in the center and a chair had been placed upon it for the president it always seemed to add to the dignity of the office for the chair to be elevated as much as possible Ruth Carter, with her roll-book and papers, sat in another chair beside the table. The president's chair was placed with its back to the entrance of the arbor, but as the seat occupied by the members extended from one side of this entrance around the arbor to the other side, it was impossible for the president to face all the girls she could not see those behind her except by turning as it happened bertha macy sat by the doorway and there, and was therefore completely out of anne's range of vision ruth could not see her face either for the president's chair obstructed her view sydney on the contrary sat right in the middle of the row and directly in front of Anne. The roll was called and the preliminary business transacted, and then the president, rapping for order with a piece of wood instead of the back of a brush, in deference to the out-of-door meeting, began her customary speak. Friends and members of the KQC, she said. I have to report the successful undertaking of a very perilous adventure last night. One of our new members proved to be equal to the occasion. She was watched and not found wanting. Neither was she found out. On the contrary, she was found in. When our dear friend and instructress, Miss A, who would always be glad to find us out, if she could, poked her dear elongated nose into one room after the other last night to see that all was as it should be, she found our respected new member in her bed. Will the member who performed the adventure kindly rise and tell us all about it? This to Sydney was quite unexpected. She had not supposed that she would be called upon to speak in public she looked at anne imploringly but the president was inexorable rise miss Stewart, if you please and give us an account of scaling the wall sydney her color coming and going with painful intensity stood up she spoke very fast the words tumbling over one another in her agitation oh i climbed the wall down there by the corner and went in the front door. I heard music and went upstairs and looked in. The lady was playing, and then I ran out again and came home. I couldn't climb the wall on that side, so I came back by the road. Did you discover anything about the lady? No, except that she plays beautifully. There was something else to be discovered said the president in her most oracular manner can any one here present tell me what it was no one appeared to know for no one spoke evidently you don't know well i am not going to tell you but i will tell you this whoever is chosen to go in there again is expected to find out what i mean there is a reason why it is very proper that the KQC should get to know that lady and be of use to her. One great object of the KQC is to be useful. I think after all I will tell you. That little lady is blind. She can't see a thing. Miss Stewart, we are very much pleased at the way you accomplish such a difficult task, and the club congratulates you. SIT DOWN NOW, SYDNEY, AND DON'T BLUSH YOUR HEAD OFF. THIS UNEXPECTED ENDING TO THE PRESIDENT'S VERY FORMAL AND IMPRESSIVE SPEECH MADE EVERYONE LAUGH, AND POOR SYDNEY, HER FACE OF THE DEEPEST SCARLET, WAS GLAD TO TAKE HER SEAT. THERE WAS NO WAY OF HIDING HER FACE, HOWEVER, AND HER BLUSHES HAD ALREADY MADE HER THE BUTT OF THE SCHOOL. Some mischievous girl had discovered that, by speaking suddenly to Sidney Stuart, you could turn her cheeks from palest pink to a fine Harvard crimson in an instant. She had imparted this interesting fact to the others, and it was a favorite pastime with them all to address her unexpectedly, or even to say, are you for yale or harvard sydney and then scream with laughter at the looked-for result everyone knows that schoolgirls are capable of many forms of persecution and sydney's extreme shyness made it impossible for her to defend herself anne had frequently come to her rescue but anne had been peculiar the last day or two this shot of hers at the close of her speech reduced Sydney almost to tears, but she managed to keep them back. As a consequence, however, she was in a somewhat agitated condition of mind, which soon became intensified by what followed. "'I have got something to say which I don't like to say at all,' said Anne. "'It makes me very uncomfortable.' but it has got to be done so here it goes there is someone in this club who is doing very queer things and she might just as well stop doing them right off i shan't say exactly what they are the guilty person knows what she has done and it isn't necessary for anyone else to know i don't know for certain myself who it is but I have consulted with others and we decided that the best plan was for me to speak to you all this afternoon, and then whoever had a guilty conscience could take it to herself and understand that that sort of thing won't do in this club. Anne involuntarily let her eyes rest for a moment on Sydney's face as she spoke, and having looked once she looked again there is no use in hinting at disgrace or any such stuff as that she said with vehemence, staring at sydney the girl looked at her sydney was very pale now and there was a strange expression in her eyes that would have attracted the attention even of one who had until now suspected nothing anne looking for something wrong found even more than she had anticipated ruth and dolly also glanced at sydney and were impressed by her appearance bertha macy and julia clark with another object in their minds stared at her without any attempt to disguise their interest a common impulse soon spreads among a group of persons it was not long before it was almost unanimously decided that whatever it was that had been done, Sidney Stewart was the girl who did it. And what was Sidney thinking? She was conscious that Anne was accusing her of something, Anne whom until now she had regarded as her best friend in the school, Anne had used the words guilty and disgrace it meant of course that anne had heard that was it she knew and she no longer wished to have sydney for a friend sydney could not think clearly at this moment she had already been greatly embarrassed by being called upon to rise and speak in public she had not a moment in which to recover herself before this strange and startling accusation had been made and it was clearly directed against herself there was a singing in her ears and anne's voice seemed to come from very far away there must be no underhand ways in this club she was saying i am just as mad as a hornet about this business If you have got anything to say about anybody, be mighty careful it is true before you begin to talk about it, and then the only thing to do is to come boldly to Ruth or Dolly or Grace King or me and say what you mean and be willing to stand by it. You will find out in time the meaning of KQ. We had the club all last year, and didn't have one particle of trouble. We have all thought it a splendid club, and I think it will be too bad if anyone goes to work and spoils it. Anne had a temper, and she was letting it go. Sydney did not understand a word that she had said. She only knew that Anne was angry with her, and it must be because she had heard. Ruth Carter saw her anguish of mind, and was sorry for her, although she was now convinced that Anne had been right from the beginning and that Sidney was really the author of the letters. She felt that it was time to interpose and stop the president's tirade. She stood up please mr president may i speak she said yes you may said Anne shortly though i had not half finished what do you want to say only that there is a lot of business to be transacted and time is going it is quarter of four and we haven't heard about the family by the duck pond they were to be visited again you know oh of course said anne i forgot all about that emma fisher you went to see them didn't you you and amy Wright. will miss fisher please tell us what they did so emma fisher described their visit to the poor family to whom they had taken some old clothing and some food purchased with contributions of money from two or three of the girls The KQC really accomplished some good work, as well as some harm. After this, the meeting was brought to a close. There was only time for the usual singing of the rhyme of membership. The undercurrent of suspicion and bad feeling made everyone uncomfortable, and the girls were glad when it was time to disperse. They broke up into groups of two or three, and in this way walked back to the house. What was the trouble? Something awful, for Anne was so mad, and she was evidently mad with Sydney Stewart. It must be something very serious, for Anne had always seemed to like Sydney until now. What could it be? Well, they would all stand by Anne, for there never was such a nice girl, certainly the most popular girl in school, though she had a terrible temper. As for Sydney, well, no one knew anything about Sydney Stewart. She had always seemed a very nice kind of a girl, really very sweet, but there was no doubt that she had done something horrid. If Anne, who had always liked her, thought so, Why, of course, it must be simply dreadful. This was the way they all talked, all, that is, with the exception of Ruth Carter and Dolly Fearing, and the result may be imagined. By bedtime, Sidney believed that she had not a friend in the world. The whole trouble came from exaggerated thinking and too hasty decision. Anne decided that Sydney had written the letters, and in writing them had been guilty of almost a crime. Sydney decided that her family troubles had been discovered, and that she was being condemned accordingly. And worst of all, for they really were the authors of all this mischief, Bertha Macy and Julia Clark, in their thoughtlessness, desire to pay back a girl whom they did not like and whose dislike of themselves they resented had made use of dishonorable ways to do her harm and were directly responsible for all the trouble for of course we know that they had composed the anonymous letters julia thought of the scheme and bertha who could disguise her handwriting very cleverly had carried it out It all came from one wrong action on the part of these two girls. The day Sydney received her two letters, it will be remembered that she met Bertha and Julia on the stairs. They saw the communication from the KQC in her hand, and were at once fired with curiosity to know what she had been called upon to do. Later, When Bertha discovered the envelope on Sydney's table, the temptation to read it became too strong for her to resist. Julia, coming to her room at just this moment, was likewise tempted. They were sure this letter was from the KQC, for the writing on the envelope was precisely the same as that on which Julia had received the day before. What harm could be there in glancing at the contents? After all, they said to each other they were members of the same club, and they knew this note was from the club. So they argued, and easily succeeded in convincing themselves that it was not such a very wrong thing to do. They would never tell anyone, of course, that they had done it they promised each other eternal secrecy and julia drew out the letter and opened the closely written sheet which bertha looked over her shoulder each gave an exclamation of surprise but continued to read for it was the letter from margaret stewart to her sister sydney had carelessly placed her letters in the wrong envelopes and the one she had burned in the stove downstairs had not been her sister's letter containing several references to her family affairs to sydney's life at school and her difficulties with her roommate and the advice to destroy the letter at once the girls read every word of it bertha understood at once that she was the person referred to as miss m And her wrath was very great all thought of the dishonor of their actions was forgotten by these two girls engaged in reading someone else's letter they both knew that they were doing wrong but they were completely carried away by anger and curiosity as to the affairs of the stuarts what can it be said julia evidently they are very queer people they used to live in baltimore i know for sydney said so once when someone asked her if they had always lived in new york she said no and didn't seem to want to talk about it and then i asked where they lived before that and she said baltimore and when i said why that is very near Wilmington, Delaware, where I live. She got scarlet the way she does and wouldn't say another word about it. Do you know any one in Baltimore asked Bertha? Why, yes, I have an aunt who lives there. We always spend Christmas there. Then couldn't you find out about them? I shouldn't wonder if I could. I'll do my best. And in the meantime, I don't think she ought to be allowed in the same club with nice people, said Bertha. The idea of the sister writing about me and saying I am curious. Sydney must have made up a lot of things about me. I never could bear her. And then Julia suggested the writing of the anonymous letters, after which they returned Margaret Stewart's letter to the table where they had found it and left the room rather elated than otherwise by their day's work end of chapter seven recording by linda marie neilson vancouver b c